Hello, and welcome to Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 107. Um, I'm Schmitty. Um, I'm Stark. <laughs> I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And I can't yeah, tell I didn't need to think are, about it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> tell if you guys are mocking me for all the times I say, um... No, I, I, I forgot how to start the podcast. It's been a whole two weeks. <laughs> this is true, but you're kind I of was like just a making fun of Schmitty. All right. Well, hey, before we get uh, into everything we get into, shout out to our sponsors, truckradio.net, cryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. And we love again, you guys. We do love you. We love you in that unspeakable way that we cannot be brought up on radio. Or on internet. Uh, also, I want to give a shout <laughs> I out. I thought everything could be brought up on internet. Well, we have to <laughs> what happens on the internet stays on the internet. All right, let them get through the sponsors, guys. <laughs> Our friends, go to meeting dot com. Uh, go to meeting with HD faces by Citrix are an essential way to help you work when you're working remotely. You got to meet together. It's just part of doing business. No matter what business you're in, you can share ideas, problem solve, develop creative solutions. You can do it all much faster when you're doing it face to face. Across large distances, however, that becomes kind of an impossible task, unless you use GoToMeeting with HD Faces. It's a powerful and simple way to meet and collaborate over the internet, no matter where you are. Uh, no matter where everyone is located, you can do it from any mobile device. You can present from an iPad. It has built-in HD video conferencing that allows you to see face-to-face. It has crystal clear audio technology. It is just amazing. Now, we want you to be able to try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For the special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com click on the try it free button and use the promo code podcast remember you got to use the promo code podcast go to meeting meeting is believing now we have feedback feedback hey we need a bumper for feedback so yeah, much we do. feedback some of it good some of it bad we won't say all the bad but i've already talked with him so but Our thank apologies. you for that anyway it was it was it was still good feedback mm-hmm uh, some feedback from Facebook, actually. A friend of mine, Kira, writes... Um, well, actually, she wrote this on her wall, but uh, tagged us. I'm just going to go ahead and nerd out here for one minute. At the fine and sage advice of my dear old friend Zook, I quote-unquote read... In this case, I downloaded the audiobook. The book Monster Hunter International by Larry Correa. Uh, to anyone who is interested in the odd humor, gun humor, poking fun at traditional horror fantasy humor, enjoyed the movie The Expendables, or anything even remotely along these lines, you need to read, listen to this book. Two big thumbs up. In fact, I'm going to go right ahead and give a third thumbs up from a severed hand that appears in the beginning of the book. Such wonderful, <laughs> entertaining, wonderfully entertaining reads, surprisingly well-written characters with very amusing and lifelike dialogue. If you happen to be an audiobook kind of person like myself, Oliver Wyman is amazing. He reads these horrific, brutal, and violent scenes with a kind of fantastic deadpan that is absolutely perfect. I liked it so much, I went so far as to purchase the other three books in the series and cannot wait to break into them. So, yay. I'm glad we were I, able to... <laughs> and and I, can, I can second that. Those audiobooks are amazing. I actually just finished the second one today. So, yeah, they're great. Larry, See, I'm not Larry does great work. I'm not an audiobook person, but I've read all of his books now, twice through. Um, and I've probably annoyed him enough that he'll never be on the show again by my constant nagging for book five. 
<laughs> now you you've given him an idea for a location in one of his upcoming books. By, by I remember you showed showed us that. Oh, Wasn't yeah. there like some big disgusting the most polluted spot on Earth was like near Chernobyl or something like that? I wonder if he could use like one of those in his books. Perhaps or that huge uh, wasp hive I just showed you guys. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Don't 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 look at it. It's it's freaky. <laughs> I, I have some feedback from uh, from last week. Um, as as you guys know, I wasn't there last week, but I did listen to it. Um, and uh, you guys talked about the new browsing engine. Uh, wait wait wait. Or, is this fi- feedback from you? Yes, I have feedback. Does that count as feedback if he's on the show? I wasn't on the show last week. <laughs> Was he come critiquing on, us? <laughs> no, I'm critiquing the uh, the content. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I was like, I was like yelling at my radio. No, no, do this. Anyway, um, so we were talking about the um, uh, we're talking about Servo, uh, Mozilla's new um, browsing uh, rendering engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I think you brought up Google's rumored one as well, Blink. Did you talk about that this week or not? Yeah, I can't. Yep. Um, I think someone said that it, this this uh, seems like it would be a good thing for web developers. But I, I want to, as a web developer, I want to clarify that this actually might be a complete nightmare um, because uh, I, I don't know if we all remember in years past, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, when there was just one developing language for the internet. It was called HTML. And uh, it was really nice because you could program for every browser. But then they all split again when IE started proliferating more. And then we're starting to come back together again, only now to find out that everyone wants to do their own browser engine. So this is this is this could be a really bad thing, um, but it could also be a good thing. So I just wanted to point that out that I was kind of freaking out at the news because. I don't want to develop for four different rendering engines. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That would yeah. make sense. All that right, right um, there it sounds like quitter talk to me, Schmitty. <laughs> I'm sticking with Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we have big- more feedback from Sam, actually. Uh, Sam wrote, well, he actually wrote two emails because we kind of brought up a follow up on the Google Glasses, the wearable tech thing, uh, where he said that he couldn't believe that he hadn't thought of sexting using Google Glass. To which I think either he's lying or maybe we make teenagers out to be worse than they are. Or maybe Both we have teenagers. I, I did. I did hear in, in another podcast I listened to that um, a, a recent poll, a recent study showed that um, teenagers, when when uh, approached with that idea of sexting, they they kind of are abhorrent to it. They say, "No, we that's like for the older generation. We're uh, either they're into something more perverse, or they really don't. <laughs> they really don't do it." So. Open Where give him the benefit equal, of equal, the equal. doubt, you little pervert. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. they're all into ASCII porn. <laughs> they're all over that. Like, well, we're way behind. We're way ahead of sexting. We're on another uh, level. <laughs> he also brings up uh, the Facebook phone. Uh, he's like, I can't speak for everyone my age, since there are people who live who lives are on Twitter and Facebook and social media websites, where there are are a variety of people in the market and public that use Facebook for different purposes. I don't use a smartphone, but if I had a Facebook quote-unquote phone, so to speak, 
probably only use it for two purposes. One's chat, and one is to view updates, and that's it. Uh, he also goes into what we were talking about with the lock screen, being able to do everything the lock lock screen. He, he agrees with us that what's the point of having a lock screen if you can do everything from it? But the second one is... Uh, remember, and I, I don't know if I brought this up before, but Sam is, I believe, our youngest listener. He's still in, in school, and he brings up a real valid point here. Pranksters, if someone gets a hold of your phone and you can do everything from the lock screen, kids are mean. Mm-hmm. People are mean. Pranksters are mean. I'm mean. Heck, I'm mean to my sister well, when I get a hold of her phone. Yeah. Well, how many times did we upon seeing that when we were all working together that somebody had left their computer unlocked get on and start sending an instant message to the boss or something that oh i resigned for many people changing <laughs> wallpapers I, I sent many a, a last email to the company saying that that person had resigned uh, yes yeah, sending, a, think- sending an email saying they were going to buy pizza for everybody at the next uh, next payday I think uh, at one point, my, my favorite thing to do is screenshot their background, set it as the background, and then kill Explorer. <laughs> yeah, so that was always good times. Yeah, so but no, he's right. I mean, you leave your computer unlocked or your phone unlocked, people are going to mess with it just because that's how people are. Your computer, you can't really help it because unless you're an IT professional and even... Sometimes then you don't think about locking your computer. Your phone yeah. is much more personal. It locks itself. You're used to unlocking now, it. I don't, I don't know how uh, valid that critique is because I, I know I've, I've heard that and I've seen it in, in other articles, but um, we, we weren't really shown – I mean the cover feed, which is what, uh, what we're talking about here – wasn't ever called the lock screen. I don't think um, either either the Facebook home doesn't have a lock screen or they never showed us the lock screen. I don't I think you're right. So, I think they showed it. They said, however, you can do every all these different things and that's before even unlocking the phone. Yeah. It was more what they referred to, what they said, rather than what they showed. They showed us the 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 feeds and, and everything. But then they said, and you can do this all before you even unlock the phone. Which right there is kind of the the dangerous yeah, wait, what? I, wait, I know that's not a good idea. I, I have to imagine that with the openness of Android, uh, I mean, you, uh, Ice Cream Sandwich itself comes with, with a lock screen built in, um, with or without uh, an additional launcher installed. Um, so if you have the lock screen enabled, and I'm guessing you know if you have a pin and, or, or a gesture-based unlocking method, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that that's still going to be enabled, even if you have Facebook Home installed. So just that may be a very shaky limb. Well, I, I've gone through. I, I've tested maybe eight or nine different launchers, and no matter which launcher I use, I still have the option to either use the the standard lock screen or or a lock screen that comes with the launcher. I mean, you still have your options of locking your 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 phone. So. Mm-hmm. Well, again, we won't know until tomorrow. (laughs) Interestingly, too, uh, I've launched now uh, Android corporate clients for my my work, and there are many Android builds that are not fully enterprise safe. In fact, I think the only one that is 100% certified for is the Samsung Safe, the one safe for enterprise that allows hardware-level encryption. All the other ones, however, aren't. And when you roll out a corporate MDM or corporate policy, a lot of the times the policy will state what it does and what it doesn't allow on the lock screen in terms of password requirement, in terms of app requirement. I'm wondering if people with the Facebook phone or the Facebook home launcher are going to run into problems with their corporate policy. Because 
it doesn't seem all that secure. But again, uh, Schmidty's right. We won't know until we see it on more phones, until we actually get some hands-on reviews. So at this point, it's all conjecture. We do yeah. have a lot of headlines, though, and we're already 11 minutes in, so maybe we should get started. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. Samsung has Let's- announced their new large-format phone, the Galaxy Mega. I was going to say something else, then I realized it's not safe for work, and I won't <laughs> say it. Six Super Mondo sides. 6.3-inch screen. Now, for comparison, how big is the Nexus 7? Oh, yeah. It's 7-inch screen. And that's a tablet. That's not a phone. That's a tablet. (laughs) This is a 6.3-inch phone. I felt like I had a huge phone at 4 inches. Or 4.5, whatever mine is. (laughs) This is just kind of ridiculous at this point. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, we, we talked about this uh, a lot earlier when, when the Note 2 came out, that uh, we're, we're getting to the point where tablets are getting smaller and smaller, and phones are getting bigger and big, bigger and bigger, and it's getting it's getting harder and harder to, to her, discern the difference between a phone and a tablet, and, and this is this is it. We're at the, at the junction. We have tablets that are five inches, um, and this is a phone that's six point three inches. We've we've hit that. <laughs> that right, middle I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that they're too big. Yeah, it's it's getting to it's getting to the point where it's just straight up ridiculous. You mean you're not going to hold that up to your face and hold it up to your ear? <laughs> it, no, it's like the idiots that you see taking pictures with their ten inch iPads. <laughs> Or, or when, or when the iPad first launched, and people were going on and on, putting the iPad to their ear. Har har! Look, I'm making a phone, a call on a huge iPhone. Well, guess what? Yes, you really are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, here's my guess: now, the, the Galaxy S or the Note Two has a quad core processor, right? So I think that's only international. I think in the U.S. it's still only a dual core. Okay. Because um, for some reason the U.S. has a problem with quad core stuff. <laughs> Okay, well, so so the international Galaxy Note 2 has a quad-core. These ones are only going to be dual-core. Um, why they couldn't go quad-core, I have no idea. But my guess is because they're making these cheap devices with huge screens because the Galaxy Note 2 got such scathing reviews on its size. Now, if these if these devices come out and now people are focusing all their skating reviews at these large devices, all of a sudden the Galaxy Note 2 looks like a regular size phone. So uh, we're talking about back. size and here? It is a quad core. I, here's the problem, is that these screens don't have any higher resolution. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't. They're just bigger. bigger and as pictures. we actually found out with my HTC Resound, because my Resound had an unbelievably high resolution, like stupid high. In fact, it was so high that it actually stressed the processor. The phone, which had very good hardware, actually ran slower than its contemporaries because it was trying to push so many pixels all the time. So, they so these ones, they go to 11. These <laughs> ones won't make it to 8. It so looks like I, they're going to 11, but they're not. <laughs> so it's like, is this for like, I don't know, people with glaucoma or something? It's it's for Honor the Giants. Who it's, knows? It, it's, a, it's, a <laughs> portable, it's like a portable eye test. <laughs> if you have and, a phone like this and you need it, it's because you're going blind. 
So it's the it's the it's the it's the jitterbug of the smartphones. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> That's awesome. It's the Helen Keller version of the smartphone. Uh, that is the title. <laughs> the jitterbug smartphone or smartphone jitterbug. Jitterbug of the smartphones. Okay. Um, into some interesting bit of malware that came out this uh, this week, or came to light anyway. There's some malware that's going around on Skype messages, and it is turning people's computers, instead of part of a botnet, which hackers can then use to run DDoS attacks against people, instead it's turning them into Bitcoin grinding machines. Now, this is going into a lot of areas where people aren't too familiar with, What's a good way to describe it to the layman? Well, isn't um, the Bitcoin the supposedly internet currency that hasn't really caught on in some areas but has yeah, in the others? Yeah, the Bitcoin is, is its own currency. Um, we, we've and, talked about Bitcoin before on the show. Right. There, there, there's currently, I think, 11 million circulating Bitcoins right now. But in order to get new Bitcoins, you actually have to calculate the next hash. And that takes server time that takes computer time processing time and so what people are doing i mean you you can join a a group of of people called a pool um to help calculate bitcoins and then you get portions of that um but what if you don't want to join a pool or what if you want to try to do it yourself well this is a way to do it you make a bitcoin botnet (laughs) or a mining zombie this this sounds like this sounds like grinding in an mmo oh yeah Yeah, it it really does It sounds like so, crafting in EVE Online. Except except with this way, the way they're doing it through Skype is that you're sending out a million bots and they're grinding for you. And then and then you just reap the benefits every week or so you get a new Bitcoin, which I think now they're worth $120 a piece. So Now see if I have a soundboard, this is where I drop in bump and grind. <laughs> how how have how has Korea not like not figured this out for like gold farming and wow? That's because <laughs> all the money that do. they're making from this is going to Kim Jong Un Burger King diet. Wrong, wrong Korea. <laughs> oh, okay. Still, yeah, they don't have power up in the north. <laughs> That's right. I shall right. generate this Bitcoin on a TI eighty five. You know, th- this is interesting because this this news came out almost at the same time that that the price of the bitcoin dropped from about 280 to 120 and so they're they're thinking that it's either just a correlation or it actually did cause um that drop so it's kind of interesting how volatile that that economy is yeah well speaking of volatile um Turns out that they may have actually had a hacker in custody who was responsible for some of the largest hacks we reported on. It feels like almost when we started this show. Yeah, um, ever since we, Sony. Yeah, Sony. And Sony. Nintendo, well, and it was Arizona when State we Police. started and when we matured, and two years in, we're still talking about him. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. So, that's, like, that's really bad. Now, um, here as I hit my mic with my hand. Yeah, I'm professional. Uh, it, it turns out it's a British hacker and some of his buddies. They've all turned turncoat. They've all been. Um, they've all pled guilty as well, but uh, they were responsible for all of them. So it wasn't this legion of zombified PCs. It wasn't this entire worldwide network of hackers. I mean, not saying that there there aren't a lot of them, but it wasn't this well-organized machine that we thought it was. It was like three or four British hackers. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, now whether or not they they really did it, and they're just taking um, uh, they're taking credit for it, or or wait, I said that wrong. <laughs> whether they really did it, or they're ta- or they're just taking credit for it to to get some street cred, we don't know because we still don't have proof on who did it. But well, I was going to say, I, I would assume they'd have to they'd just have to be brought up at a trial yeah. if it was going to really show what these guys actually did for them to actually say, yeah, we did it. Because mm-hmm. how many times have we heard somebody in Anonymous say, oh, yeah, I can do this, and it turns out they couldn't? Well, these guys, I mean, th- these four guys are facing a maximum sentence of up to 10 years in prison, and they're not expected to get less than two to three. Yeah, I would fess up to something like that unless I did it. Yeah, I mean... Did Kevin Mitnick spend in jail? And he's a legend. That's a good point. I mean, the guy's written some books and works for the FBI now. I mean, yeah, the guy, he is a legend. (laughs) So, I mean, if they're looking for just some geek cred... Um, then that this is a good way to do it. Yeah, I spent ten years but, in jail to, for hacking something. You know how long? How long are geeks going to survive in a British prison? Though I mean, I've never been to a British prison, <laughs> but but I have I have seen prison TV shows, Prison Five, Break. You know, maybe six minutes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's there's going to be some big guy named Bubba that's going to take a liking to them, and those you got a pretty the, mouth. Yeah, their their time behind bars is going to be um, uncomfortable to say the least. <laughs> it's worth it, man. <laughs> Just remember, got to live by a code. Okay, so sorry, Oz reference there. A report was released this week that I just I people have been going ape over this headlines everywhere. So the adoption of PCs have started to fall, and everyone is pointing to Windows 8. Everyone's saying that the PC is dead, and this is just total proof of it. <laughs> and they're going, oh, seriously, they're going nuts. I've seen them all over the place. ZDNet, CNET, uh, what is this, CBS Money Watch. It's all over the place, and they're all so full of holes. Yeah, it, it's bunk. I, they're looking at just the PC numbers, and and they want to blame Windows 8 because they're looking for they're they're looking for some way to to downplay Windows 8. But what they're not looking at uh, the same the same company that that uh, is showing those numbers IDC they're also showing that Mac sales have dropped seven point five percent. Yeah, if this was Windows 8's fault, then all PCs across the board would not be seeing the hit. Just right. Windows PCs, but Mac okay, PCs so what's causing the drop? I don't it's, know. It's six-inch phones. Re- it's the move to tablet recession that we just got over. Yeah, that's part of it. Too. Yeah, we're that we got in. over. That we're still in. Yeah, as I say, we're still in. <laughs> yeah, the market does not lead the economy. The market trails the economy. We've been in this recession for so long. People aren't out buying new technology. We saw it with phones. Remember, six months ago, we talked about this on phones. People well, aren't buying I, phones I will anymore. say this. I think. That answer right there is also why, and I'm not bashing on Windows 8, but is why I think they probably released Windows 8 too early, is because the business community said, we're not putting in Windows Vista because of how much it sucks in our system. And then when Windows 7 came out, all the companies said, fine, we're going to release the purse strings, go ahead and get Windows 7 because it is a definite upgrade and improvement. 
Now they've spent all those funds, and then suddenly Microsoft comes out and says, here's Windows 8. Everybody go to Windows 8. And right now all the businesses are going, no, we just spend all our money well, on Windows well, 7 and we're you know, in a that's, recession. That's, that's not true either because already the Windows 8 adoption is more than Windows Vista total. Yeah, Windows well, and, we, and we Windows 8 about adoption the, is happening faster than Windows 7 did. And Windows well, and XP. didn't we mention last week too how Windows 7 sales have have stopped? I mean, they've plateaued. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah gone, we yeah. had we had an article about, like three weeks ago about how 97% of the mach- new machines in England are Windows 7. Mm-hmm. So somehow these numbers are not adding up altogether. I mean, you're right. The, 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 the lack of sales for PCs are not because of Windows 8. It may sound like it, but it's not because of it. <laughs> but What's somewhere- really annoying is this particular study, and there's two different studies. One's from Gartner and one is from IDC. And one says, one takes out the tablets. Well, okay, well, that makes sense because an, an iPad isn't a PC, right? Mm-hmm. A Microsoft Surface is. Right. It's a PC. The, the the Chromebooks. I'm sorry, Chromebooks are PCs. Mm-hmm. Okay. The the, the net netbooks. Those aren't PCs. Yes, yes, they are. They're just smaller. It actually broke them out so far that really the only number it was saying was the desktop PC had fallen. But if you take a look at the numbers, the desktop PC was actually up from previous years. It was just down compared to. The ultra portables, the tablets, the net tops, the net books. Yeah, it's like That's, it's it's new era we're living in. Where everyone's buying the smaller form factor over the desktops. <laughs> it's 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 really bad. I I guarantee you, next year, next year we're going to see. Oh, it's the death of the tablet. Sales were down. It's horrible. It's horrible. Smart TVs are taking over because look. They have a 9,000% increase from last year. Yes, because last year, 2013, right now, there weren't any smart TVs to buy. So, in other words, this is almost like that annual report we get every December about how Christmas sales are not as good as retailers hoped. Yeah. It's basically a lot of people who are trying to gauge the market with only six months' worth of data. Yeah. It doesn't work. This is a perfect example of... uh, uh, causality versus correlation. It, it, the the numbers are correlated with the release of Windows 8, but uh, Windows 8 didn't cause the numbers. Ooh, going fancy on us. I know, I, my big words. <laughs> All right. Um, well, into other um, news, uh, and I put this on our Facebook status, Google has been accused by a coalition of uh, software giants led by Microsoft of being anti-competitive. And uh, you know what? We've talked about this in the past. They're not wrong. Now, unfortunately, in the U.S., for as much as we like to say we don't like monopolies, we really don't care. So they're bringing this up with the EU, who goes after these things like, I don't know, like a carrot, at, like a turtle after a carrot. Um, Very slowly, with their mouth with, open. But with a lot of determination. <laughs> <laughs> like a McDonald's premium chicken. No, I'm... <laughs> no, do not go there. We're not doing references to stuff that was in the pre-show. Continue and on. And <laughs> Listeners can reach me uh, over email if they want to know the story behind that. Um, but here's the thing. They're right, because Google has been doing this. And we brought this up in show, oh, what was it, like 100? Where Google has been going out of its way to screw o- over mobile subscribers to other platforms. 
this isn't just a, and a lot of the real big Google apologists will say, well, they're right. Google Maps just doesn't work very well in IE. It's like, that's not the point. The point was, it was working. They turned it off, but only for Windows Phone 8 users. If you had Windows Phone 7, if you had iOS, it still worked. Well, you know, Google, Gmail just works better over IMAP. One, no, it doesn't. Two, why turn it off for everyone but your own Android users? So what they're doing is they're actually deliberately cutting service to anyone who is not on an Android device. By definition, that's anti-competitive. But I have to wonder if the EU was kind of confused that Microsoft was bringing up an anti-competitive and antitrust suit. <laughs> well, Microsoft knows how the EU works in those types of cases because they've been on the receiving end of a few beatdowns. So, I mean, they're they're setting Google up for for a walk behind the shed, so to speak. You make it Which, sound so pleasant. I do, don't I? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that a sock full of pennies is going to be involved here, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I don't like. Well, no, I, I, I don't know that I have a problem with this because you know, if Google has a product that they want available to people who use their ecosystem and that happens to be the best product out there then Microsoft and Apple need to come up with a better product that's available on their ecosystem yeah that and that's not in question you're right what's in question is is when those people had access to the ecosystem and you go and deliberately screw with it just to block someone else not only is that anti-competitive, it is, in my opinion, downright stupid. Here's a perfect example, okay? Um, when Windows Phone launched, it was kind of lacking in the map department because they were using Bing Maps and not a very good overlay. What would have been awesome is if Google had come in and, and if Microsoft and Google had played nice, and I'm not saying it's just Google's fault, but if Google had come in with a really awesome app even if it was third party, even if it wasn't integrated to the phone, but it came in with a really awesome Google Maps app, people would have gone to it. Even if it wasn't the default, they would have gone to it, and then Microsoft wouldn't have had any choice. Instead, Google Maps got gimped on Windows Phone browsers. It's, it's, it's gimped hardcore. It barely works. It worked when it launched, but for some reason, every week I've had this phone... Google Maps works less and less. Go fig. In fact, it was so bad at one point that if you went to Google Maps, you were redirected to Google. They just turned it off. They didn't even try. Then they lied about it. Instead, we get Nokia Maps now. I use Nokia Maps, and I found that it's better than Google Maps. But that's a big market share that Google lost out on. We have another one. The Windows Phone has a crappy YouTube app. It's actually just a web portal. It just takes you to the web version of the site. Google could make an awesome YouTube app. And then guess what? Everyone on Windows Phone would be using a Google service. Instead, they release news that we refuse to develop any more, any Windows apps. We don't think it's a very big platform. 
Well, and I can see where they're coming from in in that respect because, you know, they are Google. They want to build up their own ecosystem. But you're exactly right. They are missing out on a lot of opportunity in hopes that the lack of availability on one platform will drive them to their own. I just got my wife set up on Windows 8, the desktop, or for, sorry, the laptop version, the actual OS, and the onboard mail app and people app and everything, she can't connect to her, her Gmail account anymore because Google turned off those functions. They made it so hard to use that instead she decided to start using Outlook.com, and you know what? She really likes it. Oh, wow. So, good job Oops. there, Google. You took a five-year Gmail veteran, screwed with it so much that she's now using Outlook.com. People That's, are fickle, you know. Yeah, they are. And, and if you make their if you make their stuff difficult to use, they're not going to use it. So, anyway. I believe the word dough needs to be inserted here. <laughs> hey, you know, speaking of dough. A deer? A female, a deer? a female deer. Oh. No, I, I was going to go with uh, Doe, like EA Doe. Um, <laughs> they just won the Worst Company in American History Award for the second year in a row. <laughs> and what's funny is listening to the CEO whine about it. <laughs> like, surely you couldn't have not seen this coming. I, okay, first off, I should say I don't particularly like this title because how can you be the worst company in American history unless you beat last year's worst company in American history? The whole word history means like ever. Maybe they overcame that that hurdle that was, you know, keeping them from being just you completely you crappy last year. And that's yes. just the title of the article. The actual the actual award is worst company in America. But, uh, so it's just so, bad. Title. But I I do love the image on this article. Achievement unlocked when two consecutive golden poos. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do like that. You know, I'm sitting here watching my wife play SimCity as as we're doing the show, and I'm just you having still all this have rage. Yet, have you? No, I haven't. I just have all this rage towards EA as I watch her play. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I, we won't even go into it. If you don't know why EA is the worst company in in America right now, um, I, just come I, read I, the article. And it's the, well I, deserved. They it's they very well deserved. They worked hard to be crappy, and they succeeded. And you know so yeah, exactly. good for you, EA. You reached your goals. Congratulations, you have hit rock bottom. Good for uh, you. Well, there's always next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, so Congress, everyone's mm. friend, right? They always have our best interest. Uh, yeah. hey, <laughs> Senator Diane F- Feinstein, Feinstein, Feinstein. There are way too many eins in that name. <laughs> She's double That's Jewish. A- Please send your complaints to (laughs) Jewish cubed. Okay. Wow. Sorry. That's awesome. There go our Jewish listeners. She thinks your video games are too violent. 
Diane, since I'm not going to pronounce the last name, it's not the video game that makes you violent. It's the fact that you can't play the video game after you spent 70 bucks on it that makes you go violent. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame video games. Blame EA. Don't, don't kill people. Video games are worth 70 bucks. Kill people. <laughs> oh. We should totally try and start yeah. that campaign. But no, she actually... <laughs> She's looking for someone to blame. I don't know if she's ramping up for a campaign or what, but she first went after assault weapon ban. And I won't get into the whole guns argument. Uh, We have many, many friends on both sides who all speak their points very well. Probably none better than Larry Correa, actually. And I myself flip back and forth on it a lot. However, the bill was totally defanged. It was shot down. So instead, she decided to switch gears and say, well, okay, maybe it's not assault weapons that are to blame. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's just psychos who are not diagnosed, not treated, and people don't want to talk about them until they shoot up a school. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I, thought. I, you know... I, I- I think a little thing called personal responsibility comes into play here, you know. Obviously, some six-year-old shouldn't be playing a game where they're blowing people's heads off. That If if that's your idea of being a good parent, then, you know, you may want to reevaluate that. However... Let, let's 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 back up even from that, okay? I have a nine-year-old, almost ten-year-old, and you know what? He's a good kid at heart. A little bit weird, but what kid isn't? But he's a good kid at heart. He's not allowed to watch the Transformers movie, the first one. Want to know why? He has a problem with trying to emulate things he hears or sees, even if he doesn't understand it. So after the whole scene of Sam's mom busting in on his room, and she accuses him of maybe masturbating... Sorry, I hope we don't off-put any listeners there, but if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. He goes and starts repeating the dialogue everywhere he goes. For that reason, he's not allowed to watch that movie or other movies like it now. Now, is my seven-year-old like that? No, he knows not to say those things. He understands it. It's a different level. We still don't watch it in the house, however, just because, you know, we have to set one rule and stick to it. But everyone is different. Every kid is different. And some kids, you're right, shouldn't play violent video games. They're probably also the kids who shouldn't have access to firearms in the house at all. But that doesn't mean it was the video game's fault. Exactly. This this is where responsibility comes into play. This is where parents need to be parents and realize that their kids are kids and they need to set some boundaries and accept the responsibility of being a parent. Well, and it's not just parents, uh, you know, not to get all institutions involved or whatnot, but many of the people who have ended up doing these horrible crimes, at some point in their history, you can go back and they say, well, at one point they were diagnosed with this. That means a professional was involved at some point. True. It wasn't just out of nowhere, this person with absolutely no history and absolutely no run-ins with either law enforcement or a healthcare professional or anything just snaps and does this. They all, you go back through all of their history, well, he was diagnosed at such and such age with rage issues or manic depression or just straight-up suicidal depression. That should be a warning flag. There's a professional who failed in their job at that point. Yep. 
because no one wants to talk about this. And we could go on and on and on. This could be its own talking point. We'd probably drive, we'd probably draw a lot of ire for it. But if you are a gamer, write this. Write your senators. Feinstein. Write, write to your own senators because writing to Feinstein is not going to do anything or whatever her name is. Write to your own senators because they're the ones who are going to vote. Yeah, it's 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 bad. It's and this isn't the first time they've tried to use it as a scapegoat, and it won't be the last. But we got to defeat them because it's just ridiculous. Okay, um, into other news, and we we need to skip ahead a few because we're running. We have a lot more headlines than we expected. Um, Google Fiber was announced in Austin. On accident. Whoops. A tweet got sent out that was not intended, but uh, once it went up, uh, it kind of had to become official. Well, and the awesome thing about that is um, they're not alone. <laughs> AT&T, as soon as Google announced they're going to Austin with fiber, AT&T comes out and says, hey, guess where we're going with fiber? So, um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be competing for your dollars there in Austin. Mm-hmm. Lucky Austinites. Yeah, we need to get some of that that action in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook. Uh, when you are putting things to Facebook, you may have someone stalking you. No, it's not your ex. It's much, much worse. It's the IRS. Now, this particular article talks about Facebook, but another one was actually just released this morning that talks about how the IRS can also get your emails and your online browsing habits and doesn't even need a warrant. If people are confused as to why this is, the IRS isn't just in charge of taxes. They are also in charge of prosecuting tax dodgers. To point out, it wasn't the FBI who brought in Al Capone. It was the IRS. As <laughs> Yeah. As the Joker so says, even he's not crazy enough to take on the IRS. Exactly. And Ten you points know, if the, anyone can name that episode. <laughs> well, the the interesting thing about this is, you know, they're gonna they're looking at people's images. If they if if you say you're in Miami on a business trip and you're lounging by the pool and you post a picture on Twitter or Facebook of you lounging by the pool with a drink in your hand is this really a business trip? It looks to me like a vacation. You're deducting this as a business trip. You're committing fraud. We'll see you in jail. You may be oh, there's going to be an entire generation of sarcastic <laughs> hipsters who are going to get audited. It's going to be awesome. It kind of makes me wonder what kind of algorithm, because you, you got to wonder if they're using a, a bot for this or a script or, or if they actually have people going in and checking this. Well, if, l- in the case of a script way. or something... Who knows is, what the algorithm is like? This Anyone is the same agency who spent $30,000 to have people dressed in Trek uniforms do a training video. I guarantee <laughs> you they have an entire building full of people actually just browsing Facebook. I wonder how much they get paid an hour. Probably too much. Well, that, that might be better than a script doing it. Like if, if you have a script going through and looking for certain keywords and stuff, it, it, anyone could potentially be, can, could be flagged for audit. Um but in the case of, of people actually doing it, might we might have a better chance of, of giving the them giving us the benefit of the doubt. Mm, I'm just saying. So be Still careful what you post. Scary. Yeah. It's very scary. Um, again, though, what you put online isn't really yours and it isn't really private. We've talked about that before. 
Um, we're going to skip over this headline, but I will say Arkham Batman Arkham Origins is coming out. I'm excited. It looks Yay. awesome. Uh, it looks very, very cool. Um, a company uh, who is Voodoo, actually, V-U-D-U. It's kind of like Hulu, only it's for movies. It's they, were, they were hacked. They lost subscriber information and had to email people to let them know that your personal login information may have been compromised. The hack happened in a very unique novel way uh, where people actually broke into the headquarters office and stole the hard drives. <laughs> ah, the old-fashioned way. Yeah, very low-tech in this case. <laughs> you know, you hear about companies getting hacked all the time. You never hear about anyone actually... Running off with hard drives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, into another one. What's this Firefly one? Who put that in? Oh, uh, what happens is is that apparently the company that owns Firefly are trying to sue people who are making the Jane hats, which is completely stupid. Well, uh, what happened is Think Geek actually got a license to sell the Jane hats, and then all of a sudden, all these independent people who've been doing it on Etsy for the last 10 years uh, all of a sudden they're getting cease and desist letters from Fox saying you can't be selling this this product, it's an infringement on on our license and yeah, it's kind of getting ugly. It's just a standard hat. They, people were making this before Firefly came out. So I, no, yeah. but but it's red, yellow, and orange, and so it's obviously yeah. Firefly. It's the design of the hat. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. Very lame. Yeah. Well, um, you can own a bit of that lameness and get sued, but hey. <laughs> um, plasma TVs, maybe no more. Philips Magnavox has confirmed that it will no longer develop plasma panels. They're going to cut all research and development to it and probably phase out production in 2014. This means two things. One, that LED and LCD has won. Yay. Uh, and two, actually I take that back, three things. Two, if you want to buy a future-proof TV, don't buy a plasma. And if you want, to, and number three, if you want to buy a cheap TV, buy a plasma. Buy a plasma. <laughs> Yeah, you'll plasmas, find them in uh, thrift stores soon. So Yeah, plasmas have great contrast. They have an amazing contrast range, uh, amazing brightness and color reproduction. They're slow to reproduce uh, pixels, however. Their grade of gray speed is a little bit slow. Their refresh rate is very under. They're not very 3D friendly, and certain games will ghost on them. And I think the whole move to the ultra-high-definition 4K and 8K, uh, it probably causes problems with such movement. Yeah. So LCD and LED technology just won out in the end. The colors aren't as vivid either. Yeah, we can go on and on, but yeah, <laughs> but we won't. Uh, we have a fast lane. We are going to do it super fast. But before we do, shout out to our friends at Gunners Optics. Gunners.com, G-U-N-N-A-R-S, computer eyewear to help you, well, just work at a computer and not kill your eyes. Zoner, I think... You just got yours. Yeah, I got mine today. Uh, my boss and I actually both got a pair, and he could not believe the difference that they made. As soon as he put them on, he could tell a difference. I've been wearing mine all day. Took them off and let my wife wear them for a little bit, and it actually hurt to look at my computer without them. Uh, I think that they've ruined my computer time uh, without having them nearby. So, that yeah, definitely pick up a pair. I know that 
one of our listeners uh, texted me the other day, said he picked him, himself up a pair. Haven't heard how he likes them yet, but um, maybe when he hears this, he'll let me know. Well, but your yeah, wife will just have to buy her own. And when she does at gunners.com, she can use the promo code stolen droids, all one word, to get 10% off. So, cool. Sweet. I still need to get mine, but I, ha- I will. Uh, into our fast lane, I shall start off. A French intelligence agency recently tried to have quote-unquote sensitive information on a military installation removed from Wikipedia by coercing a French national editor to do it for them. When he refused, they went to Wikipedia directly, claiming that it was a breach of their national security. Wikipedia refused, stating that the information in the article all comes from public sources on the internet, including a walkthrough of the facility by its commander on YouTube. To date, the page is still up and the news surrounding it has caused a huge jump in page views so good job keeping that secret france (laughs) and for people who don't know what an actual burner phone is there's a new app coming down the pipe for android users that lets you create fake numbers to call from the app has been very popular on the ios on ios devices and we'll be seeing some upgrades and a new pricing scheme with its new with its move to android with access to all these fake numbers now people won't even know it's you they're screening when they send that weird number to voicemail an artist is suing the nfl for use of a logo he designed without permission though a judge has deemed it to be considered fair use since this is a copyright case it's not surprisingly that not surprisingly that the mpaa has stepped in however they have decided to side with the nfl's decision of fair use this should be a solid proof that the mpaa is less about protecting copyright material or more about more about just screwing us over and in news that many are considering to be stunning and unbelievable, the Sci-Fi Network has announced that they are actually developing science fiction shows. Mind blown. You mean right. this isn't going to be like Giant Sloth? No, no. Actual, actual <laughs> Defiance fiction. actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Into our talking point, and our talking point is hitting near and dear to many people, actually. Uh, and it kind of stems from a recent uh, <clears throat> revelation that the Xbox 720 whatever the next generation will be is called, it will be always on. As in powered on. Always connected to the internet. connected, yeah. Kind of like SimCity. Yes. (laughs) People are freaking out about DRM or whatnot, (laughs) and Microsoft's director of gaming basically put out a pretty blunt uh, statement about it, saying, I don't really see what the big point is. I don't get it. And you guys are always on now. Well, and here's... Here's why this is interesting here. Because, and this is why it is our talking point. It's not just that one, but it's also about uh, Fox, who is suing um, Arrow, or Aereo, and why broadcasters are worried about people having no TVs in their homes anymore. It's because more and more people are cutting the cord. But here's the it thing is about becoming cut- a significant amount, not just yeah. a, a small number. It's, it's, it's getting larger. Yeah. But but here's the thing about cutting the cord. If you have cut the cord, wouldn't you say your entertainment center is always on? As in always online? Yeah. Okay. Except for when it's not. <laughs> well, well if, if you're using if you're using the internet to stream videos to your television, whether you use Netflix, whether you use Hulu Plus and like that, there's gonna be a device that's gonna go ahead and stream it there for you. 
And in some ways, that's going to be good, but my Blu-ray player doesn't need to be on all the time and connected to the Internet in order for me to use it. In fact, it doesn't even start streaming until it connects. It actually, when I, if I just pop a DVD in there, it says, oh, yeah, sure, we'll just play a DVD. But if I say, oh, I want something from Netflix, it says, hold on, I need to connect to the Internet first. Connecting, establishing a signal, boom, that I'm good to go. That actually is inaccurate. That is actually That's how my Blu-ray does it. Nope, that is not how your Blu-ray does it. Your Blu-ray player actually connects to the internet much more regularly than you think. To play a Blu-ray, it actually requires special SSL certificates that are randomized and updated every six months. Now, if you have a static Blu-ray player that's just a dumb device, has no connections out, basically plays straight to a TV, and that's it, it doesn't need those SSLs. It doesn't require them. But if you have a computer or an internet-connected one, then you do need those SSLs, and they automatically update on a rolling basis every six months. That's why you need special software to run Blu-rays or why you need an internet connection. I guarantee you, if you disconnected the internet to that player and in a year try and pop in a Blu-ray disc, it would fail. It would I'm not pretty play. sure mine would work because it wasn't set up to connect to the internet automatically when I when I when I pulled it out of the box. Uh, probably have I actually had to go and register yeah. with the company that I was with in order to get it actually to have internet content. Then yes, it said, okay, we'll go ahead and give you the Hulu and all sorts of other stuff like that. What? But what switch but, do you think got flipped when you had to call the company and register it? You changed it from a dumb device to an internet connected device. Mm. You you made that change. Every Blu-ray player does that. And what people are confusing here is when I say always on, I don't mean always turned on. I mean when it's turned on, it's on the Internet. Yeah. Now, people are right now freaking out about this because of the DRM issue with SimCity and why it's a big failure. Uh, going back to the Xbox before I move into the, uh, into the Fox and everyone else, the Xbox 360 right now is an always online device. If you have an internet connection, it's always on. Now, you don't need one. You can turn off the internet connection, but then you lose out on quite a few of the Xbox's features, like the entire dashboard. The Xbox 720, the idea is that you wouldn't be able to play games that require DRM without this. But there's also another part people are missing. The Xbox 720, or the next-gen Xbox, also has a pass-through HDMI port, according to rumors. Mm-hmm. What this means is it's supposed to sit in between all your other boxes and your TV. So when you turn your TV on, you're always going through the Xbox dashboard and it controls which sources you're going through. It's basically like one of those old school receivers. Only can also play your games. Well, it also means that your um, that, that pass-through HDMI cable can also be... Uh, your TV can be the controller for the Xbox. So you can use your TV remote to control your way through the Xbox dashboard. That's just another feature of that, but unrelated to our... Mm-hmm. Well, isn't the reason why they <laughs> want to have this on, on the on the Xbox is so that they can prevent people from buying a used game and then playing it? That is one of the rumors. <laughs> we haven't heard anything that really confirms or denies it. Yeah, that's just one of the fears that, uh, yeah, that, that would be the, the biggest fear is that if I go to GameStop and buy a used game, 
um, I plop it in and says, oh, sorry, this game has already been registered to X player. You can't play it. Um, which happens with downloaded games. If I, if I buy a game on demand right now on Xbox 360, um, and, and if Zook were to come over and log in onto my Xbox, he couldn't, he wouldn't be able to play that, even though it's sitting on my hard drive. Um, cause it's registered, registered to my account. So it's, it's kind of like that idea, but with physical media, um, but we still have no idea how that's going to work. So, yeah, I mean, if it does happen, it happens, and I'm sure pirates out there will figure a way around it. But the Fox issue that's coming up is there's another company out there that's taking Fox's content and selling it as their own, and they keep winning cases. And Fox has actually threatened that if this keeps happening, they will leave the broadcast model, become cable only, and probably streaming only. Actually, we need to re-explain that. What's happening is, is that there is a company. In fact, it's it's a former it's a former guy who used to work at Fox. I think it was like Barry Diller, who's doing this. What he's doing is, is that he has an antenna that basically you can you can put. Uh, on on uh, you basically you buy a subscription to, to get the signal through the antenna, but the antenna pulls the signal for free out of the air, and that's why they keep winning is because the airwaves are not owned by Fox or CBS or anybody like that. It, it, it's 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 a it's a federally mandated broadcast or or, or, or uh, it's part of the spectrum. It's free, yeah. And basically, what's happening is is it's, it's it's just like putting an antenna on your mobile device so you can get the signal over. But you have to they have to be able to use these antennas in areas that they put these other broadcast transmitters in large populated areas. So like New York was the only one of the places they're doing it. So yeah, Fox at the beginning of the National Broadcasters Association or NAB uh, uh, thing in Las Vegas this week said oh yeah we might pull it out and yeah everybody said yeah go ahead and fight for our rights but all the other all the other experts have said yeah fox isn't really going to pull themselves off the air there's 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 way too much money they would lose by doing that this is kind of the same um kerfuffle we went through when when uh manufacturers were starting to make their own cable card readers and cable card mm-hmm. uh, add-ons for computers um except the except that this is free free media already uh, through the way they, they, yeah. so it, they're, they're treating it like the cable card incident but uh, it's completely different so <laughs> so one yeah, th- this this legal battle's a long ways from being over with and even though they may bluster and say oh yeah we're going to pull ourselves off it's very unlikely they're going to do that. Fox is bound to put everything behind her firewall forever in a day just because of Rupert Murdoch. He, 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 and I'm not saying that because of his political views. Basically, he's been wanting to do that for everything. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and bringing this back into our main talking point here, the idea is is that people who have cut the cable, like these people who are using the service, are already always on. They're always already they're already always connected when they have their stuff turned on. They, they're streaming and it's pissing off Fox. They're streaming and it's pissing off other broadcasters. They're going to they're, Hulu they're, and... They're paying for the service, but they're probably paying a more fair price than what the overcharge that the that Comcast and, and the other cable well, they're companies... Not paying, they're not paying the provider owners. You know, they're paying someone, but they're not paying the provider owners. Well, so- 
Hulu had to get the rights to it. Netflix had to get the rights to it. Uh, Amazon had to get the rights to these. In fact, the, the, the latest, even Warner Brothers is coming out with their own streaming content that they're saying, hey, you can sign up for a service just like you can with, with Netflix. The only problem is they only have like 100 titles. And everybody's like, yeah, great. You've got something for 10 bucks, but you have nothing for us to really want to spend 10 bucks a month on. They had to pay for the rights to these things. They're not getting them for free. The right holders are actually making money off of this. In fact, it's actually been making more money for stuff because they've got all these old titles and all these old libraries that they're going, hey, who wants this, Amazon or, or Netflix? Go into bidding war now. And and so somebody's making money off of this, and they are making money. It's just that HBO doesn't think they can make as much money as if they can if they hold you hostage by having you be a, be a cable customer. Right. Well, and it's interesting because – you look at this and you look at what uh, the music industry has done to Pandora. I mean, Pandora, they've basically come out this week and accused Pandora of not, not generating enough. Uh, yeah, not monetizing enough because they're not throwing ads in everybody's face every 23 seconds. And, and, Pandora has to pay so much to get the licensing to be able to play the music that they play. And the music industry is saying, well, you're screwing us out of all this money that you could be paying us because you're not selling more advertising. And I think we're going to start to see some of that with with the um, services like Netflix and whatnot, where these networks and Hollywood are going to go to them and saying, look, we're missing out on money because people aren't watching our services or aren't taking our services on TV like they did 50 years ago. We don't have them held hostage like we did 50 years ago or 20 years ago. And so you need to make up that difference. So you need to charge more because we're going to start charging you more. And in the end, these these studios and whatnot are going to screw over the consumer like they've been trying to do for the last 10 the years. The bubbles are going to burst just like the bubbles are going to burst with the, how much they're overcharging for the sports channels. They're way yep. overpaying for sports and sports is going to basically burst hard. Yeah. No. So I, I, I think we're going to see this come and it's going to, it's going to end up blowing up in everyone's faces and the consumers are going to be the ones who are left out in the cold wanting to watch Mad Men. <laughs> now, why does this link back to always on entertainment? Basically, we're just trying to prove the point that even as we're freaking out about the Xbox always being on, there's entertainment we watch and that we use that's becoming more and more part of the living room that is always on and we're fighting about the wrong thing. So yeah. we want to know what your thoughts are on that feedback at stolendroids.com. We got to get into our favorites and we got to get them done now. Mine is actually from two of our favorite people, Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis in the news and weird Al over at funny or die. They made a homage to American psycho that recreates it almost scene for scene. Uh, the uh, the Huey Lewis in the news scene. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, well, still Huey Lewis and Weird Al. You should check it out, but it is hilarious. Um, mine is Battlestar Galactica opening done in the style of Friends. That is all you need to know. Check it out. I am a big fan of the Starlog magazine. It was a big way to go ahead and get your information back in the day. And so I was thrilled to find out that archive.org has 
started posting the old Starlog magazines in full PDF format with ads for you to either go ahead and download or just peruse at your le- at leisure. Check them out, especially if you want to see some old school publishing and old school science fiction. Awesome. Uh, I've been trying to decide what uh, what to use as my rug in my geek office. Uh, I finally found it. It's a memory rug by uh, Lucas Scherer. Um, it's a it's a big. Uh, printed circuit board with conductors, chips, and uh, as if sockets on it. Uh, totally geekified. And check it out. All right. And a holy hand polished frozen cat turds. That's awesome, Schmitty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that I is our show this week. my forehead. <laughs> we want to hear what your thoughts are. Feedback at stillendroids.com. Until next time, cheers. End of line. One to beam up. Good day.